Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. People probably don't understand the gravity of the situation here. It's not, oh my God, they're going to tank. Not quite. There will be a rebuild. But yeah. it's that the window is very, very small. And, and we have to kind of come to terms with that because the Patriots way we've gotten used to in Boston sports lore, except the Patriots way was only a thing since 2000. Before then, the Pats kind of sucked. And the Bruins have never been the Patriots way. Hello and welcome to episode 31 of season two of the Bruise and Bruins podcast. Just a few words for you. I am the captain now. This is like Survivor and Chris and Drew have been voted off the island. Instead, we are here. I am here, I should say, really, with our, I think, most often recurring host now, Nick Lanciani. Two things. First of all, I got to mention... It is your birthday today. We did chat a little bit before the show here. I have not yet had the chance to say happy birthday. I wanted to save that for the year. So thank um, you, Cam. Thank you. And and my follow-up question is very directly related. As our most common guest, I'm not even gonna ask why do you show up anymore? Because I don't I don't I'm not sure why you still come around to, to do this with us, but how? How do you actually do it? How do you physically bring yourself to come on this podcast over and over again, especially on your birthday today? You know, I have to drag myself out of bed every single time. Uh, But more accurately, every show, Conan has their Tom Hanks. I am here, Tom Hanks, the most (laughs) frequent guest. I'm I'm trying to be Tom Hanks anyway. I don't know if I'm as cool as he is. but uh, Just one one of many similarities you have with Tom Hanks. Yes, many similarities. Uh, that's about it. He had COVID. I have not. I don't plan on getting sick if I can avoid it. So that'd be a pretty shitty birthday present. Right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. We've got a lot, a big topic to talk about. I guess it's going to be somewhat focused today, actually, allegedly. I don't know. We'll see. But first, we got to do a little housekeeping. The Bruins and Bruins podcast is sponsored by DraftKings. Ladies and gentlemen, before I even get into the ad, this is one of the best times of the year to be a sports fan. A lot of really cool stuff going on. Of course, hockey, but starting today when we're recording, I guess a couple of days ago, by the time you're listening, the tournament is finally here. You know, the tournament. The one, you know which one we're talking about. The brackets have been set and the teams are ready to hit the court in DraftKings. The leader in one day fantasy is celebrating with their largest free college basketball survivor pool ever. Speaking of a survivor, there you go. How large you're asking? One million dollars in total prizes up for grabs. And if that's not enough, check this out. When you enter the free DraftKings $1 million survivor pool, you could get a shot at winning $10,000 for every upset 
through the first two rounds of the tournament. It's easy to play. Just pick one team per day. If they win, you survive and advance to the next round. Last person standing is the winner. Remember, you can only pick a team once for the entire tournament. So choose wisely, all you Gonzaga bandwagoners out there hopping on 538 and you're like oh they got like a 30 percent chance of winning that's just ridiculous in a 68 team tournament but couldn't be me <sighs> DraftKings is a safe and secure app you can deposit and withdraw funds at your own convenience get in on all of this week's action download the DraftKings app now enter promo code thpn during sign up and enter for the free one million dollar survival pool again that is code thpn to enter into DraftKings' free $1 million survivor pool. Eligibility and restrictions and terms and conditions apply. You know the deal. See DraftKings.com for details. Fun time of year. Very fun time of year. Lance, Spring hey, is just about here. I got a question for you. When you're you're watching the tournament, <laughs> the college basketball tournament, and that sport that's not or, hockey. Or, or the hockey, or you're watching the hockey games, you know? You got some hockey tournaments going on. You got postseason college hockey. What are you going to be doing while you watch that? You know, I think like most 26-year-olds, I probably would have some beer. So I've got I've got a great idea. You know what? You should go check out Save More Spirits, Nick Lanziani. Oh, should I? Yes, you should. Want to know why? Because they have all of your beer, wine, and liquor needs. They have all the macro brews as well as a healthy offering of local beers and craft beers from all over. They have locations in Somerville, Medford, Cambridge, and Malden, but their beer reach far beyond that. If you want to learn more, check out SaveMoreSpirits.com. That's save and more without an E. No E's in here. We don't do E's around this, these parts. We don't like too many vowels. No. Limiting the vowels. SaveMoreSpirits.com. Also, online ordering available at Minibar and Drizzly. Free delivery on maybe your first order or just a order. Still not really sure. On Drizzly with the promo code Brews and Bruins. That's with an ampersand and no spaces. All right. Whew. Lancey, the birthday, the birthday man. First of all, I, I couldn't help but notice when you stood up to fix your blinds prior to this. You got a nice head of lettuce going right now. Right. I mean, there's so, some solid flow there. I'm doing that just for Chris because he keeps saying, don't get a haircut. You look fine with it long. So uh, I'm probably going to get one after this. <laughs> I don't know. But, I, I, uh, it's got the, it's got the, it would work out of the back of a helmet. You know, you know in, in the back, it's a little bit like Paul McCartney, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, he's just got mm-hmm. his little his swirly twirly stuff going on. And it's like, hey, that's neat. And that was also a bad impression of Paul McCartney. So he got that one for free. Uh, but in the front, I have to admit, these bangs are, are starting to get a little bit annoying. Yeah. No, that's the part that always gets me. I always am like, I want to grow it out a little more this time. And then I start to, and I'm like, the back I'm fine with. doesn't bother me at all for like sleeping. The back, and that as long as I look like Ryan Smith by the end of this, that is cool. <laughs> You're like, that's fine. It's the front that really gets you, you know, it exactly. gets in your eyes. And if you're doing anything like it's impossible wear a goalie like mask. headband and stuff, it's a whole thing. And I don't have a single one of those. So it's just the worst time to be alive. (laughs) It's a tough go all around. That's fair. At least we have beer. We do. And speaking of which, birthday beer. It's such a big decision for what your birthday beer is going to be. It is. This is the Bruins and Bruins podcast. I see you're wearing a Bruins jersey. You're halfway there. But I know you're drinking a beer as well. So you're all the way there. What do you got for us today? I'm committed. I've got in my hands from Cold Harbor Brewing Company, they're double IPA called Novocaine, which is an 8.0% alcohol volume thing. 
which means that I probably won't finish an entire can of this by the time the show is over. Or maybe I will. You won't know. You'll probably be able to know. But in the meantime, it's one of my favorite brews. And, uh, you know, since I didn't get my hands on any Guinness yesterday, I've got this instead. Pretty good stuff. I've heard good things about Cold Harbor. I don't think I've had uh, any of their stuff. I've had this a bunch of times on the show before. 37's all around. So, uh, old reliable. In addition to being the most often recurring guest, this beer is at this point probably, probably the most common beer. Yeah. Yeah. Probably second Chris, to PBR. I would say Chris and PBR probably have that beat out, but you know, it's going to happen. We'll never be able to beat that, but you know. Yeah. Uh, so, Lancey, I am drinking. I, first of all, I, I this is my first time trying this beer. Normally, I bring on ones that, well, I'd say it's kind of a mix actually. I'd say like about half the time it's like, oh, new beer, I'll try this out for the pod. And other times I'm like, oh, this was really good. I want to feature it on the pod now. Like, not that we're like driving that much business toward anybody. Of course, we are sponsors, but um, you know, I, I would like to shout out the ones that I really enjoy. This one, I poured it, and it's I, we're on like Zoom right now, so it's because you know social distancing and all that. And Viewers can, at home can see. Yeah, um, so you really can't see the color, but it's you gotta just trust me that it's like the perfect like golden. Like I feel like it's the same color as like my Bruins jersey. Like it's the perfect or sweatshirt Almost. that I'm wearing right now. You know, I was looking at the hex code for team colors the other day. I was working on a graphic, so mm. I, I can tell you it is most likely not, but very close. That's fine with me. I'll take very close on that one. Uh, anyway, it is a Saco River Brewing Company Ripple. It is a 6.6% IPA, so not quite up there with you, Lancey, but we're, we're getting there. It's my um, birthday. I do what I want. I don't know that much about the beer, uh, besides I've had a couple from Saco River, um, and they've been pretty good, so let's, let's give it a run here. If this, if this isn't good, then... Uh... You're gonna have to just I don't know find a new one. No, that's a that's a quality like that's IPA. A policy around here. If you try like something it. that you don't like, you have to chug it and then start a new one. Mm-hmm. The chugging is the important part. Yeah, exactly. Um, drinkability. I mean, it's an IPA. It's definitely on the on the more bitter side. So, like true like classic IPA fans would be a big fan of this. So what you're saying is, if you're a hipster that lives in Soho, and you get or perhaps Portland, Maine, <laughs> which is basically the Soho of the North, even though they're both Northern. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm trying to relate to the youths out there because I'm an old person now. At least I keep being told I'm so old now. Is that, is that what your niece has said to you on your birthday Zoom? You know it. Of course. Well, they can be vicious, man. They can be really vicious. Oh, I hate those toddlers. Yeah, look at you. Anyway, Actually, I think it was um, Chanel that told me that, but you know. <laughs> shout out Chanel. Mm. Always shout out Chanel. I'm just like crushing this beer. It's really good, first of all. I'm a big fan. Um, drinkability, okay for an IPA, but like definitely on the more bitter side. Um, so I'll give it like a 15. Wouldn't want to chug it at all, but like you know, not hard That's to put number. down either. Um, taste is up there very like deep flavor is the, is the way I want to describe it. Like it's a thorough, it's, it's really bold. And I guess like, it's just, I don't know how else to describe it besides deep. It's just like, <laughs> it covers your tongue in is... flavor. It's not like it, it hits certain parts of your taste, but it feels like it, your whole mouth is tasting it, which is really nice. And the other best way to describe it is you have to try it yourself. Yes, exactly. Everyone get one of those beers from save more spirits. Um, exactly. 
plug those taste, sponsors. Yeah, I'm gonna give it like a 33 on taste. Pretty pretty good. Also, Rip Chara. Oh God, my heart. So I mean, that's, that's as you're wearing the, wear the jersey, yeah. We're kind of birthday twins, and also the Stanley Cup, and it's also the 11th anniversary of when Sean Thornton fought Matt Cook in Pittsburgh's first game back to Boston uh, since Cook injured Mark Savard. So 15-year-old me thought that was the greatest birthday present after getting a donut earlier in the day. From, oh, uh, what kind of donut Kevin. are we talking? So shout out, Kevin. He got me a chocolate glaze from Duncan at the time. Oh, Duncan which, has I mean, some really good chocolate glaze. Mm. They've gone down in quality, but there's something about a it, though. That's like, yeah, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, Obviously, there are better, like homemade donuts from like local shops and things like that. Right. But like something about a Dunkin' Donuts still just kind of hits like mm. Dunkin' yeah, up probably here, the nostalgia factor. Always acceptable. Dunkin' like Charlotte, North Carolina, it's sometimes hit or miss. That's fair. Yeah. I could still get hot chocolate when I was in college. That was always a good thing. But then, nice. you know, occasionally I'd get the chocolate glaze and the glaze wasn't all the way around the donut. And that just was the worst. Yeah. Uh, first of all, Lacey, when I heard the news that Chris and Drew mm. would not be joining us, Naturally, I was like, all right, (laughs) or call. It's like Lance, you're you're like the bullpen pretty much. It's like, you know what I mean? Like anytime we're like, all right, starters, we need Lancey, what's going on? Come in. We we know we can trust you for like a solid three, four innings. You know what I mean? I'm like the guy that come out before Keith Folk in 2004. Yeah, yeah. Quality. And and you know what, too, Lancey, I I feel like you would be the one, and I hope I would be too, that is in the bullpen, but they're also like catching home run balls. Like they're very much into that, like, that's an important part of the game, honestly. When I played Little League, I often played second base or right or left field. So if I were in the bullpen, you know I'd be catching those home run balls. The problem is that they're already a home run. So Yeah, I mean, it doesn't help you much at that point, but it's kind still of fun, you know? Still fun. Anyway. Show off your skills. The big question uh, that I feel like is kind of coming up everywhere. I don't know. Maybe it's just our circles slash largely overlapping circle on twitter we kind of get it every every year around this time of year or at this point in the schedule there's always that question of is this the year that the bruins are going to really go for it i don't know if it's just me or recency bias or what but like i feel like those those discussions are louder this year and i think that has to do with a lot of different aspects largely the aging core, obviously, I feel like you're, you're finally starting to see that window close and you have David Krejci, who is a pending free agent and could be this could be his last season in Boston, which is, you know, what I mean, crazy to think, but just by speculation, possible. I think yep. it is, which, you know, obviously kind of sucks as a fan, but it I think it's kind of run its natural course. He's not on pace to do terribly, but he's also just kind of on pace to be average, which if if you're the Bruins right now, and as you mentioned, the aging core and you don't know if you're going for it or not going for it. If you're going for it, then you go all in and you try to win, and then you kind of dis- disrupt and disband and what have you. But if you don't go for it, you know, like what do you do now? Yeah. I'm assuming you're going to get to that part, and it's kind of like if you if you have Krejci, do you ask him where do you want to go to try to win again before th- this team is legitimately a contender again? Or do you want to stay and finish out your time here? And then you have ultimately freedom of choice and free agency, because I I get the sense from a lot of people on Bruins Twitter and just anyone in general, that's a fan that might not be on Twitter that people probably don't understand the gravity of the situation here. It's not, Oh my God, they're going to tank. Not, not quite. 
there will be a rebuild, but yeah. it's that the window is very, very small. And, and we have to kind of come to terms with that because the Patriots way we've gotten used to in Boston sports lore, except the Patriots way was only a thing since 2000. Before then, the Pats kind of sucked. And the Bruins have never been the Patriots way. And I, I was looking back the other night, just thinking about, you know, the difference between closing things out and finishing. Finishing is actually completing a series and whatnot. Closing things out, you could be down four to one, but if you close it out, you could come back and win five, four in overtime against Toronto. But I think back to that series and I think of how if the Bruins had lost, obviously they would have been out. Or if they had finished in fewer than seven games, would they have gotten to the Stanley Cup final that year? I don't know. I loved the team then. It was still pretty good. It was only two years removed from winning in 2011. Of course, the following season, they won their second President's Trophy in franchise history. That's only been handed out since 1986. So, you know, take that for what you want. And then, of course, they, they lost in the second round to Montreal. I think about how many times this team historically does not finish. They've been in the most game sevens. They've won the most game sevens, but they've also kind of lost the most game sevens by default, right? I, I haven't actually checked that stat, so don't quote me unless I'm right. But I think about 2008, <laughs> they lost in game seven, five nothing on the road in Montreal in the first round, which that year was kind of the defining shift from, hey, we're going to be terrible to slightly below average to, no, we're going to try to win a cup now. And three years from then, they won it in 2011. But most people kind of forget that 2009 was a fluke goal. Scott Walker scored in the second round, game seven against Carolina. But Bruins kind of shot themselves in the foot because Tim Thomas was too busy checking someone, as he often would do. And sometimes it looked great when he checked the Sedins. Sometimes it didn't look great when he tried to check this guy on Carolina and then they scored. Or when he tried to check someone, I think it was Scott Hartnell in the 2010 Warrior Classic, and Danny Servette scored his first career NHL goal outdoors yeah you know, like what trent frederick Mike just trent, yeah <laughs> and then i think about you know 2011 there was talk about because we, we well i forget 2010 if we can that collapse in game seven that year didn't even happen no it was like a it was the first coronavirus <laughs> not, not at all the goaltender's fault because again there's a difference between closing out a game and finishing a game or finishing a series the bruins did not finish that series they couldn't close it out in game four and then they couldn't finish See, one kind of leads to the other, generally speaking. 2011, if they had lost to Montreal in game, in, yeah, in game seven in the first round, Claude Julien very well could have been fired. If they had made the second round and lost, he still could have very well been fired. Yeah. But because they won in round one, because they swept the Flyers in round two, because they got back to the Eastern Conference final for the first time since 1992, you know, they, there was kind of a little more leeway. Hey, if, if this works out, great. If it doesn't work out, he's got another year. And then they won it all, which was great. And then, you know, we, we saw the results by 2015 mm-hmm. when Pierre Shirelli finally was fired of kind of the downside of over-relying on some players and extending players who, yeah, they might have still had good years a couple of years after that. But by the time that they had left or were traded, they really weren't competitive. You know, we, we witnessed David Backus. 2012, the rise of Braden Holtby. 2013, Chicago won. Again, the Bruins couldn't finish that series. Mm -hmm. 2014, they couldn't finish it in game seven against Montreal. And then you lend yourself to missing the playoffs in 2015 and 2016. And those are the first couple of years, the last year of Shirelli, the first year of Don Sweeney. And you can talk about, oh, but he signed Bacchus. Oh, but he signed 
Oleski, and I know some people are, oh, he signed Craig Smith. I don't think, you know, Craig Smith pales in comparison to the Bacchus and Boleski contracts. Yeah. And it's still Bacchus and very early expected uh, pretty to be early. top six forwards. Craig Smith wasn't necessarily expected to be a top six forward. Could have been on the second line, realistically on the third line. It's still early and it's only a three-year deal. It's a lot like when you sign Michael Ryder, which is why mm-hmm. I'd still have faith in a couple of years when we have a, a normal schedule. Craig Smith could yeah. be a lot like Michael Ryder. In his contract year, as players tend to do, he could have a good year. And people will go, hey, you know what? That wasn't that the worst thing in the world. Yeah. But it depends on if they won the cup. Because then, of course, you know, you go to 2017, they couldn't finish against Ottawa, but you kind of expect that for a team that missed the playoffs the previous two years. 2018, you beat Toronto in the first round. Great. And then what happened? You, You couldn't finish against Tampa. You lost in five games. 2019, you couldn't finish in seven games against St. Louis. Couldn't close out a couple of games in that series. He couldn't finish the series. 2020, repeat of Tampa in 2018 in the second round. So I just see that as a team, they haven't finished more often than they have finished, right? Which is generally speaking what's going to happen in life and anything you do. You fail more than you succeed, but it's a success that feels really great because you finally break through and you do it. But the Bruins have to have this philosophical conversation with themselves where they say, are we really in it? If you're in it to win it, you need to make some of the big moves. It's not enough to get John Michael Lyles this year. It's not enough to get a Nick Holden this year. Both of those players were good, decent depth acquisitions. But you need someone like Matthias Eckholm, especially in the event of injuries, but you need someone that's strong. And if you want to say, oh, but that might wreak havoc on the 2021-2022 uh, the plans at Seattle. Who cares at that point? If you win the cup now, you want it now. You're, you're trying to do what Tampa has done. Tampa got Barkley Goudreau. Tampa got uh, Ryan McDonough a couple of years ago. They built that team up until they got Blake Coleman last year and Goudreau, and it really worked out well. You want to try to replicate that. And the hard part this year is there's not that many people available to replicate that. Yeah. And it's, I mean, we'll, we'll see how it, how it plays out, but I would be interested to see whether there's less activity in general on the trade market this year and toward the deadline with the virus and everything going on with the leagues and, and this schedule, how it is like, I, I, you feel like that's going to play some kind of role. Regardless, I, like I threw you off my tangent. Sorry. <laughs> no, all of, all of that, that tangent is to say that the Bruins have essentially a, a decade long decade plus long history now a decade long we'll say of being in that middle ground kind of a weird like two waves because they, they kind of rode two waves with the same core between because right. this is still really good uh, regular I, seasons not quite the results that's been the consistent result for the most part with a little bit of you know the 2015-16 eh, a little less so but since I mean, you look at again, a lot of the 2011 core obviously is gone at this point, but at the end of the day, you still have Bergeron, Martian, Char is gone. But Bergeron, Martian, Krejci is kind of the way I look at it, you know what I mean? Right. It was and Chara, um, and Tuka, yes, but obviously, Tim Thomas is playing for the postseason, blah blah blah, all that. Regardless, after a decade of being in between and having this conversation every season, is this the year you pull the trigger and finally go for it? this feels like it might be the last year that you can have that conversation. And I feel like that's why it, it is. is appearing to be louder this year. And then, and I think obviously management recognizes it. So my question to you, Lancey is a two parter, a 
Do you think this team has the potential to win a Stanley Cup with some kind of piece added? I know you you had some questions about but, what exactly is available to add. Right. A, is that pipe dream even realistic to begin with? Or are we clinging on to the Bruins of two seasons ago where it was realistic and maybe we're falling and, and you know, we're a little too comfortable with where we were? B, if that is a situation where you, you foresee the, a possibility where they can make a move and really contend for a Stanley Cup, do you do it? Or at this point, again, are you too far gone where it's you're better on hold off holding on to what you have? I mean, if the goal of your organization is to win a cup as many times as possible every year, then you kind of have to make that move by default. Now, I'm not in the room with Don Sweeney and upper management to get the, the sense of what is our goal really here. Uh, and that's not to be like one of the fans. It's like, oh, they just want to make money. Well, every, every sports team ideally makes money because they have to pay people to do their jobs, which as someone that is trying to work in sports and has worked in sports before, I appreciate all the fans that go out and get season tickets and get tickets to the game directly from the team and whatnot, because that goes to my salary ultimately, which isn't to say they make a lot when I work in sports, but it is to say, Hey, thanks. We appreciate you. But I, I preface, I must preface this with the fact that, you know, 2019 in terms of the window was your last chance, your last best chance of the window being completely open. I mean, yeah. People said, oh, it was it shut in 2015, 16. No, they, they kind of reopened it. And they, yeah, they threw the door open to go with the window and to be like, hey, we got every chance to do it. And then they didn't finish, right? It's not Rask's fault because the team didn't show up in game seven. Marshan had that line change. We don't want to discuss it any further. But after that, <laughs> the they didn't do anything to in garbage time. <laughs> they didn't really do anything to tweak the lineup. They lost Marcus Johansson, which if you're thinking the Wild are going to make him available this year, they probably aren't. They might make Zach Parise available, but you don't want that contract. And realistically, what is he going to do for your team? 2020, it, it closed a little bit, but it kind of wasn't open that much to begin with. And you lose Char, you lose Krug. You kind of hope that something will be able to replace it on the blue line. And that's where Grizzlick has come in and been injured at times. Uh, there's, there's kind of two parts to the story of the season. We're going younger and expectations are that they will step up and everyone's been injured at some point. Yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, that's the thing is like, and and that's a huge factor going through every Don Sweeney, Cam Neely, anybody, the whole Bruins brass here. That's a very real conversation that seems to be getting worse. It seems every week is not only can we, are we really one step away? Like we want to be. Where we, ha- where we are in the position to make that move. Because I feel like we're both on the same page here where one move's not going to be enough. Yes. But if there's, if there's a situation where you can make that move and really compete, I think we're both in agreement that you do it. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it, it might be really hard to part with someone like Jake DeBrusque. I don't think they honestly will, but they might. I mean, if the right deal comes along, anyone's available. Even Patrice Bergeron's available. And I hate to say that as the number one Patrice Bergeron fan of course. Uh, but that's just the nature of the business side of sports and entertainment. And, you know, it's, it's that point where the window is almost all but closed. They can force it open for this year only. And then you have to hit a reset at some point, whether it's a complete rebuild or literally just trade a bunch of guys and get some new guys and be better than you are. 
I look back at the PDO from January to February and March so far, and it was about a 99 in the first two months. There's a 99.6 and a 99.4, and it's gone down a little bit. 98 or below, and the team's generally kind of outperforming what they should really be doing. 99, you start getting into the terms of, well, you know, is it like that? So, you know, I mean, we've seen it. In January, they kind of, everyone was saying, oh, well, yeah, it's Boston. They could win their division, but we don't really think they'll be as good as they were because they lost Char and Krug. And then they won a lot of games. You know, uh, they ended up going 5-1-2 and two in January. It's pretty good. 4 0 0 at home, 1 1 1 on the road. In February, it wasn't as bad as people make it out to seem to be in terms of record wise. It was 7 4 0, 1 1 1. Sorry, 1 1 0 at home, 6 3 on the road. March is a different story. And in a normal year, you want to get as many points as you can in October, survive November, December, start turning things up in January, start putting the hammer down in February, go full throttle in March, finish off April, get to the playoffs, right? In a year like this, you want to bank as many points as you can in January, survive February, but you know generally be around 500. That's kind of a good number to be at. But by now, you need to start dropping the hammer. And next month, you need to be full throttle and finish it off in May. They're fourth in the division. Only the top four teams in each division will make the 2021 Stanley Cup playoffs. Philly just lost nine to nothing the other night, but they could still be in this. And Pittsburgh's not really looking like they're going to fall out like everyone was expecting they might. It's a lot harder than people might think right now to make the playoffs. I hate even like saying this, but it feels a little bit like, God, what was it? I I totally blocked so, so hard blocked it out of my memory. Is it 2012 Red Sox? Tampa of the class against Tampa Bay. Uh, Well, I mean, that was 2008. I go back to that year when it was like, hey, they could go back to the World Series, and they didn't. The ALCS, but 2012 was a Bobby Valentine year. I think we. Uh, yeah, I'm talking about one. totally fell out of the playoffs. It was like they, that was they 2011. Collapsed. The year 2011. Before, no, it was, it was last 2011. Year you're right. Yeah, you're right. And then it was like the, the Evan Longoria home run. You know what I mean? Yes. I, I don't want to like. I don't want to go like full fear monger here, but like. No, we're not sports radio. Yeah, uh, but but like uh, but like a month ago, that wouldn't even have been a possibility really or a month and a half ago maybe you're like you know what i mean you're like can we get the first seed maybe we'll fall you know what i mean right now it's like that's i'm i don't think it's gonna happen i want to put that out there like i think they're gonna bounce back here at least some again they look at the injuries things like that but like again if that injury bug gets worse god forbid you're not that far away from that and yeah no like you said philly getting shit on is like them kind of metaphorically to me being like hey we're getting the balls in the birds court is it's pretty much kind of where I'm getting it. Like, you know, Philly is not, they're not a bad team, but they're not like a contender. I don't think at this point, I think they're going to be, they've got a really promising future, but they're not quite there yet. And, and they're kind of like, again, it's like, Hey Bruins, this is, you know what I mean? You're going to, you're going to decide whether we make the playoffs. You're going to decide whether you make the playoffs. And I feel like Pittsburgh's the same way. They're going to hang around. They're going to put up a little bit of a fight, but they're not going to put you in a position where you can, you know, they're not going to storm past you. You're your own worst enemy if you end up losing to them, basically. Absolutely. And, and it's like going up against Buffalo at the time of this yeah. recording. You should be beating Buffalo by a lot. You know, and a lot of people are saying, you got to get Jack Eichel. That's the type of trade that you make in the offseason, which if the Bruins want to go for it, go for it. You're not moving Pasternak or McAvoy. 
which is going to be what they're going to ask for first. Yeah. Because they're going to try not to make the Ryan O'Reilly trade twice. Yep. I don't know if Kevin Adams has remembered what past GMs have done. We'll find out. But you also don't want to go for a guy like Taylor Hall. I haven't seen it from him ever. I know he won the Hart Trophy in 2017-18, which is great. But again, in sports, what have you done for me lately? Which really is, what have you done for me yesterday? And he's only got, what, like two, three, maybe four goals? Nick Ritchie has double that. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. And I'm not saying that Nick Ritchie is necessarily first or second liner. I think he has a role in the team in the future if they keep him around. I don't mind Nick Ritchie, honestly, if he's a third or fourth liner, if he's a second liner. I can't because believe you're he saying this, but yeah, neither do I. I, I would play. prefer him on the third line, ideally, but, you know, it's like. He does fit a Bruins uniform pretty well. Of course, the last couple of games, he's had a couple of penalties where you're like, no, no, don't do that. That's your old self. We're, we're working on the new self. We're not trying to make you into Cam Neely, but new we're year, trying, trying to make you into Cam Neely. Yeah. When we got Cam Neely from Vancouver and everyone was like, huh, who knows what will happen here? Oh, um, he's gonna try to kill everyone. Cool, right? You know, <laughs> like, ah. Trent Frederick spirit, <laughs> like respectable, but not what we need right now. And yeah, and Trent Frederick. There's been times this year where I'm like, don't be a little marshy from twenty. And, and again, I don't want that to sound like I'm telling Frederick we don't need that right now. I'm talking no, about no, that it, side of Nick Richie. We absolutely need well. what Trent Frederick's bringing to the table. Oh, there's a couple right of things. Yeah. For so, so I just look at everything and I go. What are you going to get rid of? You're behind the eight ball in terms of trying to sell high. If you want to move Anders Bjork, last year would have been the year to do it. And uh, if you try to move him now, well, I mean, you're not quite looking at Nick Ritchie, Dan Heinen type of trade, something of that equivalence or less. If it's one for one, if you are able to package him for things, I don't know what you could get. Uh, and I'm not and saying trade all the whole team. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, when people throw theories out on Twitter, I'm, I'm looking at it realistically trying to say, yeah, but how are you going to make that work? You know, like Taylor Hall isn't the solution for this team. It would be like getting Rick Nash again. And Rick Nash at the time, I liked the trade. Honestly, it was not that bad. I didn't expect Rick Nash to come in and be a first liner, though. Yeah. And that's where people get caught up a lot of times when you hear a big name involved in a trade. Oh, he's going to come in. It's going to be Mark Messier going to Vancouver. He's going to be a first line forward. And then what happened? It didn't go so well. And he went back to New York. So. I'm not going for Taylor Hall. I'm not going for Jack Eichel because that's the type of thing you might get done in the offseason. Besides, he's injured anyway. So this year really isn't going to help you that much. Eric Stahl would be a depth move, which if you consider injuries, then it's fine. You could probably get him. But I mean, who else is available that you can realistically get and play in a second line role on this team? Kyle Palmieri? Been saying in years past, you know, you might need to pull the trigger on that deal, but in years past, you could have also gotten Blake Coleman and then Tampa went out and got him. Yeah. So again, you need to make that type of move. Not, I mean, it's a copycat league. So it's not necessarily go out and do everything that the Bolts have done, but it is to an extent, go do something that they did. Look, I mean, and again, there are people I'm sure that we'll see how it plays out for them in the future, but are going to say, hey, look, Tampa won one Stanley cup, the Bruins won one Stanley cup. Granted it was 10 years ago, but you know what I mean? Like that's the same. Yeah. In the but, same span, the Bruins made three Stanley cup finals. Tampa made two and won one Bruins made three and won one. They in the process beat Tampa in 2011 to make that Stanley cup final. So, so realistically, if that one goal that made all the difference that Nathan Horton scored, if the lightning had won that game, that's true. The reverse That's a good way to look at it too. Yeah. 
And I, you know, you can say, oh, the Bruins won two more games, you know, whatever. But, but yeah. And, and like you said, I mean, at some point you have to do it is, is, is at the end of the day what it is. I, I just, I mean, look, I like, I, I tend to be pretty, I don't know. I guess it depends on my mood, but I can be optimistic or pessimistic as a fan, but I go in with no expectations. All. That way you're always surprised. There you go. <laughs> I don't know. Do you think like, and again, injuries are such a big factor here that like we've kind of touched on, but like are, are largely, you know what I mean? It's like, should they make that move? Is it available? Is there anyone to do it? And then again, at what point are you like, hey, we need to make a move because of injuries to help fill depth or to, you know, even give us a boost on the first or second line if that's possible versus, oh, shit. <laughs> like, we're so beat up that even if we make a move, we're still fucked. So why even bother giving up anything for it? I'm never going to complain about depth as long as there's a second part to go along with it. Yeah. You know, I think back to when the Bruins acquired Wade Redden, Greg Zanin, Stefan Mateau, Brian Ralston, the second time around, that sort of thing where it's like, yeah, th- those moves are fine, but that's not it. Right? Oh God, that's it. Oh no. Oh no. Yeah. Like you're like sitting there on deadline day. You're like, Oh nice. We got a little depth. Like, all right, good. We got the easy one out of the way. Now like, let's see what we're going to do. What we're going to do. Do what and the, and the hard fuck part are is we gonna do what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> you don't necessarily need to be like Columbus in 2019, trading everyone to get everyone and then to have them all leave in the offseason. Yeah. But at the same time, you, you kind of actually need to be like that. If you're <laughs> if you're trying to win with this core, you need to get it is, as it's much a gamble. It's a gamble People don't, to win with this core. Like that, but that's what it is. And ultimately, if you don't win with this core. Three out of the four players that we're talking about in terms of the old core, you might throw Jaroslav Halak in there for the math's sake anyway. They are all free agents. They could all walk. You could just choose not to resign them. That's it is a transition period. You're in it now. I mean, if planning for the future, you have to think about it now. That that's how life works. So kids that are going to college, just you know, keep that in mind. Enjoy. Uh, <laughs> but also wear a mask. <laughs> that too uh i don't know how zoom university works these days but best of luck across the same i'm pretty sure so we have to acknowledge that there's a transition happening now or coming very soon to a theater new you and it's hard to get out of because you want to hold on to those great memories you want to say oh they did so great for so many years but we're talking about the same team that had phyllis bizzito acquired him via trade and then dumped him via trade and in doing so, got Brad Park. You don't have that sort of Esposito quality player to then get a Brad Park quality player these days anyway, unless you decide to move on from Krejci and you're able to make something magical work. But that's kind of the nature of the Bruins. No one is here as long as you realistically want them to be here. And case in point is Chara deciding to go to Washington in the offseason. Now, that was his choice. We know, okay, they're only offering him so many minutes, but he still made the choice. No, I, I don't want to be part of the transition. And he has every right to decide that. It's like Joe Thornton moving on from the San Jose Sharks finally. He has every right to say, at some point, I've spent so many years here. Thank you for your time. I changed the culture single-handedly. And I would like to get a chance at winning, whether it's and, for the first time or again. And I'm not going to say it's the same, but you mentioned like <laughs> earlier, you're like, even Patrice Bergeron is available. And my first thought, obviously, was Joe Thornton. I don't think Bergeron is available, to be fair. 
Well, but, no, I, honestly, I think Bergie's probably the guy that stays his entire career in Boston. Yeah. That one rare example. Um, but which yeah. people expect way too often. I mean, you know, I wouldn't fault him for leaving. I don't think he's going to, but I would. If you know Quebec mean? Like, ever came back and he was like, I'm going to the Nordiques, I would 100% buy a Bergeron Nordiques jersey. Hmm. Probably like six. <laughs> I get home, road, away, reverse retro, whatever they come up with. Yeah, one for each other. fight with the apps for that. Be great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know. It's just a tough all around, like. What I do don't do? want to be a doomsday guy here. You know, yeah. I, I have confidence in this team. They can turn it around. They're capable of doing things. They do still need something though. Yeah. And that's kind of where it's like, okay. And Mr. Sweeney. there is a, there's yeah. a potential bright side to all this injury bug is like the silver lining could be like, Hey, this shows that, that there is some weaknesses and maybe that's what leads them to pull the trigger on something. And look, like, that's I mean, you can give them shit for Tampa. Yeah, you can give him shit for Matt Barkowski or Matt Barkowski for fucking. Uh, I don't give him shit for that. No. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I don't know. Yeah, that's probably probably not the it's most. Fine, his first year. Uh, yeah. Anyway, you can give him shit for Matt Bolesky, for David Backus, the contracts, that sort of thing. Don Sweeney's made some pretty good deals, and granted, a lot of I mean, some of it's been left over that he inherited. Some you know, Bruins have been really good at cap management, but there's been some very strong deals as well. I mean, look at the Charlie Coyle deal, like. No one's yeah. complaining about that. My God. That was- Mentioned it last time oh, I was on. The yeah. Coyle and Johansson deals, Artist that's thing. the type of move you need to make. And that's what Tampa did last year and Coleman and Goodrow. Exactly. That's what you need to replicate this year. Yeah, it's not fair to, not to judge him on his best moves only, and it's not fair to judge him on his worst moves only. He's realistically somewhere in between. Yeah, I mean, the other, the other component to all this is drafting. And at some yeah. point, I think it's probably to their advantage to stop taking, well, will these guys fit the Bruin mold and to just go with best available. Yeah. Whether it's they're going to end up on your team and playing or they become your best blue chip to trade. Yeah. You have to take one of those guys at some point. You just have to make it happen so that you can get what you truly want out of things. Because mm-hmm. otherwise you're, you're attached to, okay, well, we got Trent Frederick, we got Charlie McAvoy, we got Jake DeBras, we got Zach Sanderson who... Hasn't really gotten a fair shake, but he's injured now. We got mm-hmm. Jacob Zaboral. We love all them equally, but at some point you do have to move on from them, whether it's they play their entire career for you and they retire or you trade them or they leave them for agency, whatever it is. And obviously some of those guys, you wouldn't move whatsoever because if you're going to trade Charlie McAvoy, I mean, what, Just, what, are, you what are you burn down TD Garden at that point? Like, yeah, then, you know, it's probably a rebuild. Unless you get like Peter Forsberg reincarnated and he's just incredible. <laughs> I don't know. Probably not going to happen. No, fair, and, but... <laughs> and it shouldn't happen. <laughs> it should. It will not. Yeah. Not on my watch. So, Lancey, if you're Don Sweeney or Cam Neely at this point, and, and to be fair, I feel like, you know, as fans, it's easy to gloss over this point, but. At, at, to some extent, their jobs obviously are on the line here. I'm not going to say like, oh, they're on the hot seat or anything like necessarily like that. Certainly. I mean, any job. Maybe they are. I, who knows? We, I don't know. You, you probably assume don't know. But I think Sweeney's more so on the hot seat than a guy like Bruce Cassidy. I know some people in Bruce yes. Twitter are like, bring back Claude. And first of no, all, no. Claude Julian needs to take care of himself. Yeah. He going through what he went through with his heart yeah. absolutely needs the time off. I mean, he, he didn't. I know there's some guys like Alec Friedman that said like he didn't really look right when he came back with Montreal. I'm not one to judge so much about you know appearance like that, but absolutely he's deserved to take off the rest of the season, come back with a fresh mindset, 
I mean, you know, Buffalo, they just have an interim head coach. So they could, of course, go to Claude. They could go to someone like Gerard Gallen. There, there isn't really anyone that's standing out to me as like, okay, so if you fire Bruce Cassidy, who are you going to hire? You're not going to promote Jay Leach so much because you want Providence to kind of continue to do well this year, especially in the weird scenario that they're in with COVID and everything, the three-team division. So you're stuck with Cassidy, like it or not. He is a good head coach. He's I think he should absolutely like position. it, by the way. I think it's crazy to be calling for his, I like Yeah. There's only so much a head coach can do here. And like I, I don't think him or Don Sweeney deserve if to be too out, seriously on the hot seat. Sweeney a little but but Sweeney more than uh, probably than either like Neely or Cassidy at this point. But yeah. If they fall in the first or second round, you might talk, hey, next year, maybe he's just run his course because coaches tend to go about five or six years before you have a little turnover just because hockey has this weird thing about change of scenery if you don't win a cup or what have you. Um, But as we all know, generally speaking, the coach's job is on the line before the GM's job because the GM is the one that hires them. So that's where, you know, Sweeney has the advantage. But at the same time, he doesn't. Like if, if you're the Jacobs family right now, and you're saying, no, you need to bring something in. We want to win the cup this year. Bring us something that can get us a cup. And he doesn't do that. And then next year happens and it gets worse. Yeah. And make a then it's a, I think it's a more serious conversation than I don't think this season they would pull anything like that. I don't think but, you can. But if you decided, oh, well, we want to save money with COVID and you know the pandemic and relief and all that, I don't think that's necessarily the best business practices. I mean, they would argue it's the best business practice because you save the bottom line, you make a profit. I would say not really. You got to spend money to make money. But then again, I'm I'm 26 and don't really have any money, so there's that. <laughs> Always something. <laughs> hey, I'm good at spending money. It's the not a GM for a reason. Uh, maybe in the future, I I would know not to sign David Backus to that type of contract. But hey, that's again. I mean, not, to be fair, I'd probably knew that at the time as well, right? <laughs> I think a lot of people did. Not but. taking shots at Don Sweeney. He's done a decent job has he done the best job that's to be seen he's done i'd give him like at least a solid like seven out of ten right overall i'd give him like a b or b minus because he has seven seven and a half like significantly from what shirelli left the team with yeah but this season i would say it's probably about a c yeah i mean this season is is tough i agree i think like Again, kind of like re reviving that like Bergeron core. I guess it's really Bergeron's core at the end of the day. It's what it's going to be known as, right? Like as yeah, much as Char was the captain, it's Bergeron's books. core. Um, it's Char and Bergeron's team, but now it's just Bergeron's by default. Yeah, it's it's the Bergeron era. You know, it's the Char era and the Bergeron era. They overlap largely, but that's kind of what it's going to be. And and sort of reviving that for for the 2019 run was sweet. And it's fun while it lasted. Yeah, you got to give him credit for that. And again, they were damn close to winning the Stanley Cup. That's a whole I mean, other conversation Shirelli, at that point. You're talking about not making the playoffs for probably three or four years. Yeah, I agree. So I think, you know, that initial burst was not even initial, but that was built over the course of a few seasons and stuff. And and we'll see what goes on from there, right? I mean, a lot of the times you see new management takes over, does well. Like It's like a new head coach with a team. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, new head coach normally does of, well in their first yeah. like 10 or 12 games. Yeah, and then you see the real game. Look at the Buffalo Sabres every time they change their coach. It'll probably happen. To, they'll probably sweep the Bruins this week. Whatever. It's probably, Honestly, it's it fine. could happen. And I would be mad, but I also understand why it happened. Yeah. So, I, you know, at, again, at the end of the day, it's just like, it, I don't know. Do you make the move? Do you, is there a move to make? 
do you think there's any move the Bruins make that really make them a contender? I, you know, or do you I, think it, I saw somebody, I forget who it was. I like, Ekholm, I feel bad. I don't see anything else out there right now that I'm saying, yeah, that's drawing me to get that guy. Yeah. And that's kind of a, a problem with the entire league. I don't know if it's every GM's like, well, we don't really want to part with what we have. Or if it's because there's so many injuries out there, I know Ottawa just went down to like their fourth or fifth string goaltender now. You know, if, if you're looking at the Dallas Stars as an example of, hey, they made this the final last year somehow. Uh, this year they might not even make the playoffs. Well, yeah, Tyler Sagan's out. But also, have you seen the rest of the team? Like Hudobin hasn't been that great. Jake Ottinger's taken over as their starter by default. You know, Ben Bishop's always hurt. If you want to get something out of Dallas, what are you really going to try to get? Yeah. Matthias Janmark is in Chicago now. Chicago somehow probably going to make the playoffs. Earlier in the season, you might have been able to say, well, maybe you can get Carl Soderberg from them and you have depth in your bottom six and you bring Soderberg back. Nowadays, that might not be the move. Chicago is open to wheeling and dealing, but Chicago is also looking at this as a great chance to go back-to-back playoff years and make significant strides in their own development. So they're probably not open for business. And that brings me to my last point. If you're one of the people that's like Alexander Barkov, you got to get him from the Florida Panthers. Cam, how do you realistically think the Bruins could get Alexander Barkov? Charlie McAvoy. <laughs> I was going to say the which, real answer is they can't. They yeah, should. which they're not going to do, obviously. I'm not saying they should by any means, but that's probably, you know what I mean? Like, who else are you going to move? I've seen a lot of Canadian media guys. I've seen a couple in the bigger markets in, in the States say, oh, Barkov, you know, teams have been calling about him. Yeah, teams call about players all the time. Florida Panthers aren't going to get rid of him. Florida went all in. I mean, not Florida, but Columbus went all in 2019. Bill Zito, the protege, the understudy to Jarmo Kekalainen, in charge, the general manager of the Florida Panthers. If they want to go all in and try to make this their best year since the 1995-96 season, he's the one that knows how to do that. He's not moving Alexander Barkov unless he's getting something of equivalence or better in return. And honestly, he shouldn't move Barkov. At this point, he should just be adding without subtracting. But this isn't a Florida Panthers podcast. It's about the Bruins. So, Cam, I turn it over to you. At this I was going to let you roll, but no, I mean, it's just maybe it's the point in the season where you have to kind of go through the shit a little bit, and that happens. And, again, you don't want to you don't want yeah. to peak too soon. The Bruins looked really hot early. You knew it wasn't going to last, obviously. This team but, is a lot more like the 0809 or 0910 teams than they are 2010, 2011, or even 2018, 19, or even 2012, 13. You know, if you want to count all the Stanley final years, it's it's like that, except it's not at the same time because the core is older. There are two cores that we have. You have the Bergeron core, and you have you know, I, I, I'm re-saying it. It's a Pasternak core. Have we have we turned it over to Stu yeah, I don't know if it's Pasternak Frederick or yet, McAvoy or if it's just Pasternak or... and McAvoy and all those. I, I think kids. right now it's Pasternak and McAvoy. Is the yeah, it's Pasta's team, and and ultimately that's kind of what fans should remember. It's Pasta's team. That means that a guy like Ricci could be in play, as it would might be kind of unfathomable. Crazier things have happened. What, and I'm not trying to kind move of, let's David Krejci out of this team. I'm I'm simply saying this is the reality we live in. Let's Nothing say injuries get worse. Let's say, like, God forbid you lose somebody like Pasternak or McAvoy. 
what would at that point like if you're saying this season like uh, either again this even then it's like do you you can't really totally bail out because you just miss the playoffs that's a disaster and you're probably fired but if you don't think you realistically can win you don't want to just toss another season in the fucking gray area trash can what would it's gonna be a wash you have a chance if you can finish 14th you have a chance of getting the first overall pick in the current lottery rules in which case I'm all for it. You're not necessarily well, more tanking, so what what kind of what kind of package theoretically and this I gotta say this when like Chris isn't even on here because he'd like fucking kill me, but like let's say you're theoretically shipping David Krejci, what do you what are you asking for? Well, you prefer to ask for someone that's an NHL roster player currently. And depending on the teams that you're offering him to, there might be teams that say, Yeah, you know, I can give you kind of one for one thing or two for one or you might add a little more to go with Krejci to get a little more for David Krejci. Or you might be looking to a team like maybe Ottawa and you're saying, give me some of those prospects. You know, you want something that can help you now. Sens realistically do not have a chance of making the playoffs in the North division. But if there's a team just above them that you're able to make a deal with and you're offering David Krejci, then you're doing that. You're saying, give me your best prospects. Give me your first round pick. Ultimately, the Bruins need to replenish their higher draft picks that comes back to bite every team after prolonged success and it's kind of showing now as a los angeles rams fan i'm plugging my ears as hard as possible but please continue it it kind of is kind of isn't because i know you know frederick's on the team now he's 29th overall second first round pick in 2016 that the bruins had after charlie mcavoy things have looked good but at some point you know you need to start talking about okay but where's the rest of the depth the rest of the depth comes from rounds two and three, sometimes four and five, six, seven. And I, I look at the 2014 draft and I say, that was the last one under Shirelli. You traded Ryan Donato. You traded Danton Heinen. Neither of them have really panned out. Good moves on your part. You sold high when you could. Maybe not so much on Heinen. I, I don't know how, that, how people really view that one. Anders Bjork was from that same draft. If he has a spot on this roster, you probably shouldn't then you have to trade him and you have, it's not so much acknowledging, Oh, that draft is terrible because somehow nobody noticed that David Pasternak was going to be the player that he was except for your team. And you were the ones that got him. Yeah. I like for as much as people bitch about the, the Barzells of the situation, you don't get a ton of credit for the Pasternaks of this, of the, of the world, you know, and, or I didn't have him anywhere on my list. You will, you know? Yeah. Certainly was much lower down. Uh, and, and to go back to 2015, because I know it's something that gets talked about every week. DeBrusque was where he was supposed to be at. Zaboro was about where he was supposed to be at. Sanderson was maybe the only reach. And when you Sanderson have was the reach picks, at the time. Sanderson was absolutely the reach at the time. When you have three consecutive picks, one hit is great. Two is fine. Defenders take a little bit longer. Zaboro's here now. You know, not the worst thing. You'd hope that maybe they'd both be playing... Grossly over exaggerated. It's the it's the twenty twenty hindsight. You could have had Barzell. You can do that for any draft in any sport ever. Shut exactly. It's like I, I love it really doing was redrafts every now and then, but they're also the worst thing because like you go back to two thousand three and you're like, who would be first overall? And if it's not Patrice Bergeron, who are you going to take first overall in two thousand three? Because it was one of the deepest drafts ever. Twenty fifteen being the other one, classic example, of course. Yeah. Uh, but it's like you know. Guys, what what is going to make this team better? More than just a little depth. What is going to make this team worse? 
if you do nothing, regardless of injury outcomes, if you do nothing, you aren't getting better because other teams around you will be doing something to get better. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're essentially getting worse just compared to the field. Like inactivity is activity in a way. And it's not to say, okay, go out and make this trade and make it the worst one possible just to say that you made a big trade. Again, that'd be like trading for Jack Eichel right now. But it is to say, you need to find that type of coil deal. You need to find that Marcus Johansson deal. You need to find the Rich Cabrera. You You need to find the Chris Kelly. You need to find the Thomas Cabrera. Even if people say, oh, but Cabrera didn't really do that much. He didn't. Go back and check those 2011 points, you know, standings on the team in the 25 games that they played in that playoff postseason, whatever you want to call it. Ridiculous. He uh, he led the defenders. I think Dennis Seidenberg might have been the only other guy he was tied with, but 11 points, kind of a lot from a blue line. Yeah. He might not have scored a goal, but he had a lot of assists. And a point is still a point. It's still a goal on the scoreboard. That's where I'm all in on Matthias Ekholm. What's the worst that could happen? He turns out to be next to Andre Mazaros. Okay, well, then maybe let Seattle take him. If Seattle won't take him, you can talk to Seattle and say, hey, we'll trade you this guy if you won't take these guys. And if it comes back to bite you, so what? Seattle at that point is in the Western Conference. You're in the Eastern Conference. You'll have to play them twice a year. They won a cup. Great. You won a cup now? Even better. You don't win a cup? Oh, well. The team is going to have to rebuild at some point anyway. What is the worry about getting Matthias Eckholm at this point? Because you're, oh, well, now we're going to have to protect you know this guy, this guy. We might have to protect him. You can make a trade with the team. Vegas is going to be listening. They don't have to expose any players to Seattle. Mm-hmm. I think the offseason is to your advantage right now. The in-season is where the main concern is at. Don't worry so much about what July will bring. The majority of your old core is going to be an unrestricted free agent anyway. You're in a transition, like it or not. Team could win the cup. Team could make the playoffs. Team could miss the playoffs. Team could lose in the first round. That's how it is every year. Hockey's weird. It's a wild ride. It's a hell of a ride. That's why we love it. Exactly. It all comes full circle. Full. Exactly. Face-off circle or something. I don't know. That was intentional. There you we go. Drew a circle. If anyone is couple listening hash marks to our there. words with mm. some sort of creative uh endeavor i don't know <laughs> what are you doing maybe Painting, you're having a beer drawing maybe you're cooking cooking is art really it's, it it's is. art maybe the maybe the purest form of art is cooking i'm uh, i would say painting but you know that's kind of because cave people did it look years ago look i absolutely admire the work of painters that are a thousand times more talented than i am more infinitely times more talented that being said i I'm will by never ever in my life enjoy a painting as much as i will enjoy really good food hmm. just like the, I, it's, it's not that paintings aren't valuable or hard you, you it's can't not harder, eat painting it's but at recommended. the end of the day it's like one of them is just more rewarding and it's the one that you literally need to survive you know that's just like how it's just programmed you know when when you put it that way i mean i'd say water is the most important element yeah of them all yeah absolutely 
You need it for both ice to play hockey and you know, exactly. That's what we're talking about. It's all full circle again. Full face off circle. I have a hash marks. Lance, I got one more question for you before I wrap this up. All right, here's another 25 minute deep dive. It is time for the tournament. March Madness time, folks. Who is your pick? I know you're not obviously you're obviously a hockey guy over basketball, but <laughs> Damn, this is the worst thing you could ask me. <laughs> Let's hear it. I mean, it's even better than. And the, the sad thing is I left my bracket downstairs. So uh, I did it one time in a class, sports reporting, and I so happened to have the best bracket. And everyone was like, how'd you do that? And I was like, oh, no, I just went with kind of what everyone else did, except you didn't. So <laughs> so, so suck it. I don't know. What is is there? <laughs> yeah, right. My professor was like, I'm impressed. And I was like, yeah. Me too. <laughs> I go to the games here because our team is one of the best teams in D2, but like really couldn't care less about this <sighs> stanley yeah. cup is where it's at i mean i'd work in college basketball if they were like hey do you want to work here but like in terms of what's your prediction i'm just in it for the ride just in it for the ride so it's the way to live life you know i don't know do, do we want to just be like hey i feel like this is the year for wisconsin pick a random place could be could big be good. never know big ten's good duke can't be part of things this year so Yes. It's always Fuck a chance. Duke. Fuck Duke. Whatever. Duke, do I have to say UNC because like people in North Carolina are going to hate me if I don't? I don't know. I don't know what you mean. I think we have a bigger following in Brazil than in North Carolina. So it's all right. I will single-handedly change that. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll tell all my professors, hey. Deal. Plug our shit. Crack Plug your shit. Here. That's what a time it is. Oh, uh, yeah. So I, I do stuff on downthefrozenriver.com. That's... uh an ode to Jack Edwards kind of because when people clear the puck, he says, send it down the river may or may not have stolen that from him. Uh, checks in the mail, Jack. Uh, so that's <laughs> where I do stuff. And hopefully in the future TV stuff that you probably won't know about. Cause it'll be in the background. Preaching to the choir. It's all about the background, baby. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Lancey, thank you so much as always for, putting up with just my bullshit today you didn't even have to deal with chris and drew so honestly not that bad it's kind of refreshing um, more importantly happy birthday my man for real Thanks, i'm Cam. really looking forward to like coming down and crushing some beers with you in person sometime once we are going to go so many places soon fenway park this summer hopefully kid be great yes be great write me down in pen love to see it i'm going sharpie full on all right lancy thanks for having me on